You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 106 called EdTech March Madness Bracket. In this episode, in honor of the 2022 March Madness Tournament, Geis and I invited March EdTech Madness creator Kyle Nemus to the show to discuss 16 EdTech tools as they compete to be the ultimate EdTech tool champion. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. Fired up for this one. This is one of my favorites that we do pretty much every year. Kyle, it's awesome to see you again. I think you're leading. I think you're third most person that's ever been on this podcast. So congratulations to that. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Third most? I'm actually shocked by that. I thought I'd have the championship, but I suppose not. Well, me and Nick being one and two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then I'll take it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm coming off of being pretty sick for the past few days, but I finally felt better today. So I was really happy to be able to make this recording and to do this because I'm also super excited. I love, I mean, I love real March Madness and I love all the, you know, the the fake brackets that go along with it. I think it's a, it's a super fun sort of culture that has developed around this time. And it's great that we get to do that same kind of thing in the ed tech world. So really excited to do a show on that. And like you said, Kyle is a one of our favorite guests we're happy to have him back we as uh you know got tech the podcast have some pretty exciting updates too that we're going to get into first guys if you want to take that away yeah so upcoming i mean we just got done with the pete and c conference but upcoming we have the njecc conference in new jersey this is march 7th and 8th we'll be in person on the 7th so we're super excited to see everybody there uh, if you're going to be at NJECC, please stop by. Uh, we do have a session that day. We're going to do our EdTech Throwdown. And then March 8th is virtual, and, or remote, I should say. And we are going to do a new presentation on, we're going to call it Giving Templates to Support Student Creativity. So it's a lot of different templates that we use to help them podcast, create videos, screencasts, things like that. So That's on March 7th and March 8th. Now, normally during this time, we tell you everything that we've produced or created over the last two weeks. It's been a pretty slow two weeks for us creation-wise, but we did get one YouTube video out there. I did a video on an app that is pretty sweet. The app is called Memento Podcast Clips to Text. And what it does is allows you to listen to podcasts and take notes without having to use your hands a lot. So where do we listen to podcasts? In the car, uh, doing work at home, but we don't have our hands or we don't have a pen and a piece of paper to write stuff down. So this app will allow you to use the either one button on your phone, you just hold it in and it's going to basically transcribe 40 seconds of text or longer if you wish. 
and it's going to transcribe it and it will send it to whatever destination you want. I put it to my notes or to my Google Drive and it's pretty sweet because it also timestamps it and it allows you to go back to that if you want to break down a certain segment of a podcast, you know, long term. Another cool thing about it is in your car, you could set it so the controls on your steering wheel can do the same thing. And same thing with your wireless earbuds. I know, Kyle, you like to run. So if you have your earbuds and you want to run with one hand up and you want to hold the button, it will transcribe 30 to 40 seconds, whatever you have it preset at. So that's called Memento Podcast Clips of Text. That'll be in the show notes. And the last thing, I'm going to let Nick go ahead over this. This is uh, new as the last couple of weeks goes uh, about our other side side venture here yeah actually i'm gonna pass the ball again to kyle uh for this one but we i'll just intro it by saying we have i think at least it's a, a rather large change to our our site our project myedtechbundle.com that we are really excited about and um i think kyle you might be the best one to tell people what i'm talking about here <laughs> sure. So if you haven't heard of myedtechbundle.com, basically what it is, it is our site that's been around only for a few months now. But uh, the whole point of it is that you as a teacher can go there and grab premium subscriptions to tools like mini subscriptions for a few months uh, for absolutely free. It used to be a couple bucks and we kind of talked a lot about it. And really, it just it didn't fit our, our mission of really trying to get tools into teachers' hands. So what we're talking is right now, if you're listening listen to this, you can go to myatechbundle.com and you can get three months for free to Pear Deck, to Nearpod, to Kami, to Moat, to Book Creator, to all sorts of really, really great tools for absolutely free. And every tool that's on our site is longer than you would normally be able to get that tool for. So it's just a really good way for us to get some tools into your hands for a longer time without having to pay any money. And a great way for us to help out some great tools and kind of get them some exposure too. So um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been cool. And it seems to be helping a lot of people out this time of year. Yeah, I just, I just want to repeat that. He just said for free, everybody. And, <laughs> and if you notice the list of some of the tools there, we've got some heavy hitters for sure. We've got a lot of them that match up with the, uh, the bracket we're going to get into in a second. I just think it's a no-brainer. If you're there, if you're checking out myatechbundle.com, you can actually click on each tool and we get, you know, we kind of set it up so that it has enough information to guide a person who maybe is seeing it for the first time. Like maybe, you know, I had never heard of Spindle. Nothing against Spindle. It just wasn't in my wheelhouse. I had not heard of it. So if you're like that with Spindle, you could click on it and there's all sorts of background information. And some of that information is letting you know the dollar value of what you are getting for free. And some of these go up pretty high too. If you're getting three months of a tool for free, added on to the regular trial period for free that you would get for that tool, it just makes a lot of sense. And, and like Kyle said, we just really, we just want to help out as many people as possible. And we think this is a better way to do it. So please check out myatechbundle.com if you have not yet. I got to interrupt here. If yep. anyone has Memento right now, you should be holding that button in, getting <laughs> yeah, it transcribed go. and sending it out to all your teacher friends because, you know, free is a good deal. That's a, yeah, that's a great Carry point. On. I like I like the, uh, the throwback already, too. That's awesome. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. 
But yeah, let's let's get into the the real the heart of the episode, guys. This is why we're here. It is called Sixteen Tools Compete for the Championship. That's what our segment is called. Uh, really, what it's called is the 2022 EdTech March Madness Bracket, started by our good friend Kyle Lemus. You've already heard talk about Maya Tech Bundle, and I think it's also best that we kind of have you, Kyle, maybe introduce this to people. I mean, if I'll maybe I'll start too by saying if you are in the ed tech world and you listen to this show, you probably already know about this bracket because it's one of the bigger ones out there, possibly the biggest one out there, certainly the first one out there. And we're just going to cover all our bases and have Kyle explain it to people anyway. So if you could, sir, just a little history, how does it work? What's your process? What should people know before we get into uh, our challenge today? Uh, sure. Yeah, so it's completely done on Twitter. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, you have a Twitter account. Um, but the goal, I mean, was was simple. I started it in 2000 and I started four years ago. So what is that? 2019? Yeah, this will be this will be the fourth bracket this year. But the goal was really, there's so many really great tools out there. And there's a million blog posts that'll tell you this tool is great. And this tool is great. But I feel like I really wanted to create something that was kind of a people's choice winner of EdTech, um, where everyone who was actually in it using the tools, got to say and who the top tool of the year was. So we d- I designed it to be really simple, where I would just kind of make a bracket and I picked 16 tools that I thought, my rules for picking the tools were this. They had to be good for all grades. So it couldn't just be an elementary or high school kind of thing. It had to be good for all subject areas. Um, and it was a non- non-Google tool, so not Google Slides or anything like that. So just basically your what I consider to be the top 16 good for all tools. And then um, every couple of days, there'd be a posting on Twitter and then with the option for anyone to see it to basically vote. And there's a little poll that would go under it and you just vote. It'd run for two days. And for the most part, at least especially last year, each each round had a couple thousand votes and um, it was a, a true champion each round. And it went over the course of about 15 days or so. And by the end, we end up with a champion each year of who the, the, the top tool is chosen by the people. And it's been cool because the first year was Pear Deck, which is again, awesome tool. Um, and then was, I'm going to kick myself for forgetting this, but I forget who the second year was. And then uh, last year was quizzes, but it's just been cool. It's been a different tool every single year. So I'm really, really excited to see. I love this. I, I feel like I watch this just like I'm like nail biting every time and watching <laughs> it go back and forth and just like seeing the comments and like, <laughs> it's just really, really fun to watch how um, into it people get and, and actually seeing people's favorites. Cause a lot of times it's completely opposite than my favorites. So it's really, it's really cool to see. Yeah. One, one thing I like to see is people get very passionate about this. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I think right off the bat, we should just say, to all the Desmos people out there, we're sorry. We we got to spearhead this. I mean, sorry, Desmos. I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. You know, Desmos, I appreciate you as a tool. I don't know what Kyle's thinking, uh, but just notice who who I picked today, and uh, you know, because you know, the three of us, we have a little wager on the side on on which one of our brackets is going to come out. So, Desmos, you could you could team up with me. I have no problem with that. I'll even put Desmos at the end of each one of my tweets. I don't care. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm I'm buying some votes here tonight, and I, I'm. Wow. But the the Desmos people are very very passionate about that tool. It's a great tool, but we're just reminding you that this is a tool that could be used by all 
Oh, you, uh, you got to be there. careful with that, Eric. That's what I said last time because Desmos is a phenomenal math tool. So uh, they were very upset they didn't make the bracket last year, um, and they didn't again this year. Um, and that's kind of what I said. It's kind of geared towards math. And I had plenty of people rebuttal and tell me that it's good for all subjects. So, well, um, I was just playing you. I was reading one of your tweets right now. You said I, it has <laughs> to be good for all tweets, and yeah. math is in every subject. I don't care uh, what you uh, say, Kyle. Maybe next year, Desmos. Maybe. <laughs> you got my vote. All right. So there's, you know, there's a lot of tools to talk about and these are all, these are all big names. So we're not going to spend a lot of time getting into the functionality of each tool. We will probably do that briefly. Uh, but I think what we're going to do is just go sort of one region at a time and we'll say the tools that are there. And then I, I believe we talked about guys that we're just going to essentially pick whoever we think would come out on top of each of those regions and essentially then in the process picking really whatever we think the final four will be, which will kind of be fun in the end to, to go back and see really who was closest, uh, whose final four today is closest to the actual final four that gets picked by the, uh, you know, by the Twitter public. So th did I describe that correctly? Yeah, yeah, I think you did a good job. So let's, let's just hop into the Northwest region here, which is, in my opinion, the most brutal <laughs> battles going to be coming out of this this spot and that's just my opinion we have canva book creator flipgrid and moat and i'm telling you right now kyle i do not appreciate some of these matches actually both of them because <laughs> if they were anywhere else two of these tools would probably be in my final four maybe to be honest with you maybe three of these tools maybe all four i don't even know <laughs> yeah so i'm like wondering what you're doing here but i do like it I do like it because, you know, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. <laughs> we had that problem last year because Nearpod and Pear Deck went against each other like round one. And those are two gigantic tools. So it is hard because you try to put people who are similar in their functionality, but then you kind of get some of the big names here. And Canva's brand new this year. Canva is the first time to the bracket because I feel like they were always kind of a awesome tool, but I feel like just recently, in the last year or two, at least for me, they've really kind of dug into the education world um, pretty deeply, I would say. So we had to make sure we we added them this year. So out of those four tools, Eric, Canva, Flipgrid, Moat, and Book Creator, those are the four. Who do you think is going to come out of that side? It, it's hard. I mean, it is extremely hard. Canva does awesome stuff with uh, just providing you templates to make good infographics and presentations and all that. Book creator, I just started falling in love with, and it was had nothing to do with them and everything to do with me for the reason why I haven't used them up until basically the end of last year. But I absolutely love book creator and, you know, just all the things that you could do in there. You could do some of the making infographics and stuff right inside of that thing. You know, Flipgrid's a heavy hitter. You're going to love you know, all the people that come out to bat for Flipgrid and the functionality there is the fact that it's a totally free tool. And then you got Moat and everyone knows my obsession with Moat. I think <laughs> Moat saved me in pandemic teaching. It saved me because it allowed me to build connections with students that in any other normal circumstance I could probably do in person. But now that's how I was living through my teaching was through Moat. And they keep getting better and better as they add on more and more functionality. So I think because of the fact that I use Canva every single day, I'm going to put Canva past Book Creator. It's going to be close. And 
because Moat is like, I'm actually thinking about getting a tattoo of Moat on my shoulder. <laughs> That's how obsessed I am. I think I might go with Moat there, and I'm going to come with Moat to come the whole way out of this bracket, even though I know the other follower, or some of the other tools have monster following. I just think that the Moat people are going to get together and start a revolution. <laughs> Man, I could have predicted all of those things that you just said before you said them. <laughs> <laughs> and let's play let's play it the other way how about guys you, you predict my my winner out of these canva yeah it's canva. <laughs> i mean it's canva and it's for the reason that you already said i use that tool every single day and i don't just mean for like podcast stuff i mean for my actual teaching job every single day designing classroom posters having my students make infographics i was just out for two days when my kids were supposed to be working on a poster project in class, didn't matter because in Canva, they could do it without me there anyway. It wasn't a physical poster, but it got the job done and it did it honestly probably better than their paper and uh, marker posters were gonna do anyway. So I, for me, it's a no brainer. You know, Book Creator is awesome. I don't use it a whole lot, I think because of the subject I teach and the grade level I'm at. Flipgrid, I've just never hopped on board. I understand how uh, amazing and powerful it is and what it lets you do. Moat would definitely be a close second for me, but I got to give it to Canva, man. So good choice picking for me. And that's going to be in my final four. I, I got to say that, yeah. you know, Nick will not get a Canva tattoo, but he might yeah. he might design his tattoo in Canva. <laughs> <laughs> So see where I'm now picking a tool that you guys both didn't pick. And um, I'm going to have to go with the Flipgrid Fever. I know that's the arguably the most popular there, but I just think of like, I used it this week. I had a kid who was scared to present in front of the class and it was just a really easy way to still give that kid a voice and the other kids still hear them. And so I think my angle with Flipgrid is it's just the, the simple functionality to really help kids uh, get that voice. And um, again, all three tools are great, but I would have to probably go with Flipgrid out of this four. See, any other tool, if Flipgrid was paired up against any other tool, I would have probably picked Flipgrid. Sorry. Maybe, but <laughs> it's not supposed to be easy. I know nothing in life is easy, and this bracket is already giving me a couple more gray hairs. <laughs> I, so. I will say, in favor of Flipgrid, you guys have to tell me if I have the name correct. Is it called the the shorts camera what is the thing where you can draw with your finger on the is that what it is the shorts flip, flip grid shorts yeah flip grid shorts that's, that's, that's what's uh integrated into uh wakelet that's that's the wakelet integration yeah uh, that aspect really i do like that a lot it's like a mini whiteboard for your finger so you can write on your phone and kind of annot and talk over top of those annotations at the same time so that that is pretty awesome all right, so let's get into the Southwest portion of the bracket. The Southwest is very uh, in tune with the assessments. So uh, if we take a look at those, we have four tools and I'll kick this one over to Kyle, uh, but the four tools are Blukit. It is Blukit, I got it. Gimkit, <laughs> Quizzes, last year's champ, and Kahoot. So Kyle Nemus. I get to start here. I will yeah. say, again, sorry for all the Kahoot fans out there. I honestly thought Kahoot was the you know the first big giant, but they were kind of on their way out a little bit. And from the bracket, the last couple of years, there's still a lot of Kahoot fan clubs. So Kahoot still gets a whole lot of love because I think it still does a very simple thing really well. Um, 
But for me, out of all four gamification tools, and again, Quizzes was the champion, but I'm going with BlueKit. Um, it was hard because I love GimKit as well, and I use GimKit today in class. I just think that BlueKit has it right now in the sense that it is basically 100% free. The paid version only lets you access the stuff a little earlier, but essentially compared to GimKit, where you can maybe only access maybe a third of the features for free, I think I'd have to go with BlueKit just because it has all these different features you can get for free. And it has a kind of a combination of everything. So, and my kids really love the crypto hack. I don't know if you guys have played that, but it's just like there's a lot of really creative ways to get kids engaged in reviewing and learning the content. And they're always coming out with new stuff. And just again, I teach seventh grade. So I think it's right in the wheelhouse of silly, goofy, and fun. So for me, Blue Kit is coming in hot. And I really, um, Thing that they're going to take it down this year in the gamification uh, corner. What's what's crypto hack? I haven't played that one yet. Oh, it's so fun! So it's like every kid starts off with um, basically they give you like three like passwords, and you have to choose your secret password. So no one knows it. And then like as kids, other kids get questions right. Sometimes, occasionally, they'll get a random chance to hack you as hack the other kid, and they guess the password. They could hack you, which either takes your money away or put stuff all over your screen so you can't start answering questions until you solve like a puzzle or things like that. So it just adds a nice, fun, kind of attacking <laughs> in a friendly way. <laughs> the kids are really into it. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds really fun. I, I, I'll jump in too, because I'm basically going to agree with you for all the same reasons. And, and then one different one. Uh, I like the free elements of all these, uh, of Blookit compared to these other tools. And and I'm, if you haven't figured it out, I'm picking Blookit as well. Uh, to win out of this region. Um, my main thing is when I play Blookit with my class over any of these tools, and I've tried all of them at least two times, uh, some of them a lot more, but a minimum of two times, the kids get more excited about the Blookit games than anything else. Uh, they used to kind of be that way with Kahoot at the beginning, but it's been around for so long, and that's not to diminish it, but they're kind of just used to it now. They still enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, but, man, they just get so excited and into it with these Blue Kit games, and it's for things like Kyle just talked about. It just has this this element of you know stealing points back and forth, and they just get really jazzed up about the whole thing. And I just haven't seen that with any of the others. So, for me, Blue Kit gets it. It's just way too fun not to not to make it the winner here. But I'll, I have to say this was, you know, that first one, guys, you said was really hard to choose. And, and you were right. I think this one was all was for me, at least probably equally as hard because these are all very, very, very fun games to play. But Blue Kid edges them out. Well, I guess it's my turn to tell you that you're both wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're you're both royally wrong because Gim Kit's going to beat Blue Kit in the first round. But quizzes is going to take down the region. I'm just going to look. I'm just <laughs> calling it how I see it here. I think uh, Gimkit has a a uh, an amazing following that is very loyal to them. Uh, nothing against Bluekit because it is super fun, and that crypto thing almost swayed me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I love that stuff. That is awesome, and I do you know give them a lot of credit with their creativity because. It seems like every other week they're coming out with a new thing. And what I really like about Bluekit, maybe I am going, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> going Blue. But what I really like is they gamify it using real world popular concepts. Like crypto is very popular right now. That's smart. But I'm going to say Gimkit's going to edge them out in the first round, but Quizzes is going to take down the region. 
So that that gets us halfway through our bracket. Let's go to the northeast. I had the you know. Paul, before to... we hop on, can I just say one more thing about Gimkit that I, a lot of people I've talked to don't know this part of Gimkit, and I'm still staying with Bluekit, but this is a really really good part of Gimkit that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of enough. And I was doing it today, and it just reminded me of it. So, you know the the Kit collab. Do you guys ever use the Kit collab where kids contribute? So this is okay. That's what I mean. Like, and you guys are tech experts, and like so. What GimKit has that I think BlueKit needs is you can set it up where if I want to go into, like if I want to do a review game for my nervous system, right? But I don't have any questions made. I can give the kids a link on Google Classroom and they create the questions. So it lets them create questions and then I just approve it. And then it creates an entire kit of questions from their, from their homemade questions. And then you can easily just play a GimKit game really quick with their questions. So obviously you can see the benefits of them having to think of good questions and then play with their own fun questions. So what I've loved to do is if we do a review game, I'll assign two thirds of the class that has to come up with a sciencey question. And the other third of the class has to come up with completely random, boring facts about themselves. So you end up with this nice little mix of like sciencey learning about the kids. So it's just such a cool feature that I think people don't take advantage of enough in GimKit is the kit collab way for kids to create their own questions and play with theirs. So I just want to throw that out there because I think it is my favorite feature of GimKit. As I said, GimKit first round, quizzes takes down the house. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's get into the Northeast. Yep, Northeast had to make sure my East, West, all that stuff gets confusing, especially when it's at, after 8 p.m. at night. I turn into a bowl of soup. So let's <laughs> let's get into it. This one is going to be about video, it looks like to me. So we have Screencast-O-Matic versus Screencastify. I'm very interested in that one. Uh, and Edpuzzle versus WeVideo. So Nick, why don't you chop this one up and uh, dice it and slice it and tell us what you got there. Yeah, oh man, I just said that the last one we did was the hardest to choose. I'm changing my mind. This one is the hardest to choose for me. I spend a lot of time creating videos. I, I use a lot of the uh, flipped classroom method to teach, which requires me to make a lot of videos because in that process, I, I believe it's important for me to make my own content for the kids to view. I think it meets my needs better. I think the students like it better and appreciate it more. So I'm, I'm using all of these tools all the time, and I can tell you they are all excellent in their own realm, and, and they're great at what they do. Um, for screencasting, we've got Screencast-O-Matic and Screencastify. I'm going to have my winner here is going to be an unpopular opinion, and it's Screencast-O-Matic. I know everybody's obsessed with Screencastify. I get why. I use it all the time as well. Um, but... If I had to choose one, I'm picking Screencast-O-Matic, and, and I'll, I'll circle back and explain why in the end when I pick my final winner here, but Screencast-O-Matic gets it. Um, what I will say about Screencastify is that it, it literally cannot be beat for speed and ease of use. If a student emails me a question, a lot of the time, I don't even bother typing out an answer. I just hit the little Screencastify Chrome extension and, and start talking and recording myself or... I have a little Google drawing up in a in a bookmarked tab and I just I start writing or solving a problem while it's recording and I just shoot them the screencastify link and the whole thing is over and done faster than the email would have taken me and higher quality and the kid gets to hear my voice and see the work written out and and I could not do that as easily with screencastomatic so I get screencastify's place but I'm still giving it to the other one 
Now these other two tools, Edpuzzle and WeVideo, again, really tough. WeVideo gives you this really high quality editing service that is web-based and collaborative, tough to beat. Edpuzzle, also tough to beat. If you're running a flipped classroom where your students are watching videos, what a no-brainer not to use this tool. Um, I'm gonna give it here to Edpuzzle because I could technically do without WeVideo. I don't have to do all kinds of editing to my videos. It's nice and I like to, and I'll continue to do that, but I don't need it. But I feel like I do need Edpuzzle to help monitor what the kids are watching and how much they're watching and what they're understanding. So now I've got to choose between Edpuzzle and Screencast-O-Matic and my final winner goes to Screencast-O-Matic. And, and here's why I chose that one over all the rest. Um, it's the only one that I need and can do almost everything. I can do tons of editing right in the Screencast-O-Matic platform, which knocks out Wii Video right off the bat. Edpuzzle's nice, but I don't need it. And if I build the proper classroom, you know, rapport and, and, and other tools like, you know, maybe small assessments and check-ins, I don't need Edpuzzle, but I do need that Screencast-O-Matic and it's, it's built-in editing tools make it the best choice for me. So that was, that was a lot. I hope you guys don't mind. I covered all that, but there's just uh, there's a lot to say about these four really awesome ed tech tools. Now, I think uh, that is a little long winded. I'm proud of you because I, I know <laughs> that was a struggle to get to the finish line, you know, their long race you had. But uh, I appreciate what you said there. Uh, I disagree, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very curious where you're going to go with this one, well, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Kyle go first. All right. Uh, and then, you know, I'll just speak the truth some more. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to get totally bashed in every ounce of social media out there because I'm <laughs> acting like I know stuff and I don't. But go ahead, Kyle. You're up. So for me, the Ed Puzzle Wii video, to me, that was my no-brainer here. Um, again, both great tools, but I don't really use Wii video a lot for editing and, and so on and so forth. And our school doesn't pay for it. So Ed Puzzle, to me, like you said, Nick, it provides a very specific niche of what it does, um, helping monitor kids and, and so on and so forth and asking good questions. So to me, Ed Puzzle would take down Wii video. And Screencast-O-Matic was my first love when it came to screencasting, but I did, I, I, I went over to Screencastify for exactly the reason you said, it's just so easy to, to make. And it's in it. when I was an ed tech coach, like the amount of times it was like, like you said, to make something, send it to a, a teacher and help them out. Um, plus Screencastify, I don't know if Screencast-O-Matic can do this, but you can turn it into GIFs, MP4s, it integrates with YouTube, integrates with Edpuzzle. So um, Screencastify would be my winner in that one. And then ultimately, Screencastify would take down the entire bracket for me just because I feel like it's a tool I use almost every single day for small things, for big things. It's just so great for exactly what it does. So to me, Screencastify is the top video tool in that bracket. Yeah, I, I get it 100%. I, just so everybody knows, you can download your Screencast-O-Matics as GIFs. I'm not sure when they added it, but it is a thing. <laughs> I, I know because I just was just wondering that myself a couple weeks ago and I found it. But uh, yeah, it, it makes sense, man. I use it a lot too. It's it's interesting. So did you you went Screencastify as your final winner for that category? Screencastify was my final winner there, yep. Okay. Guys. All right, well, you're both wrong. I, I almost want to just like take scissors clip the top two tools off and give Mo to buy to the final. <laughs> That's what I want to do there because, you know, maybe the Mo gets into video a little bit later. But for me, and the only thing that made me hesitant is something that Kyle said. 
Kyle said his district doesn't have Wii video. But everything that you guys described, ease of editing and all that, I find that in Wii video and it gives you a lot more. All right. The only thing that is separating, well, to be honest with you, Screencastify, you if you want the premium service, you could pay for it. Screencast-O-Matic, Edpuzzle, they're all the same in that way. I'm going to go Wii Video to win this whole side, and this is the reason why. Wii Video allows students to become content creators in so many different ways, and you just can't ignore that. If there was, if I had to pick four tools uh, that I'm going to get stuck on an island and teach remote learning for the rest of my career, we video would definitely be one of those tools just because of how many things you could do. Now with Screencast-O-Matic, you can make screencasts. It has awesome editing tools. Out of the two, I think the editing is far more superior in Screencast-O-Matic than Screencastify. Ease of use goes to Screencastify. But here's the thing, we video, you can send stuff to your Google Drive, you can send stuff to your computer, you can send stuff to uh, YouTube. Remember, YouTube is one of the largest search engines out there. So access is all there. You could run your flip classroom from there. We video, you can podcast, you could edit your podcast, you can make GIFs, all that stuff you could do in We Video, but it just looks so much sharper. And it takes half of the time that like Adobe Premiere or some of those major softwares, it takes half of the time to do whatever you need to do in there. You can make your one-off, you know answer to one of your students who asks a question in we video and it's not perfect and you don't need to edit it and you just push it out you share the link with them or you take it to your you know share the yes the link through your lms so for me if i had to pick a winner between screencast and matic screencastify maybe i leave it i, I don't know they're very close maybe i leave it blank and just let those majority people do it because it's that close to me. Personal preference is Screencast-O-Matic. We all know that. Uh, and we videos taken. They should win this by a landslide. Nothing against uh, Edpuzzle because I believe Edpuzzle beat we, we video last year. I'm not 100% sure at some point in time in the bracket. Maybe it was the year before. But I'm going to say the we video folks are going to show up and the Edpuzzle people will be puzzled about what happened <laughs> corny um, joke after corny joke let's go yeah there you go man i it's it is worth pointing out you know you can screencast with we video which you know depending on if you have access to that service might make the other two almost irrelevant for you and i and i get that so your your argument is certainly solid but i'm, I'm sticking with screencast-o-matic and I have a feeling Kyle's going to stick with Screencastify too. Yeah, and just uh, for the record, Ed Puzzle made the final four last year, and We Video didn't even make it out of the first round. Just, uh, just want to make sure you're aware of that. <laughs> I think, well, I, I think right. the paywall trips people up for We Video, right? Because uh, that's a pretty big, at least in terms of voting. I think that's going to stop people. Well, it is based on seats. It's very hard for the individual, you know, licensing and stuff like that, but to make sense in a school district, I think. But, right. you know, if you do have Wii Video, it's just so powerful. And I can see that being used by many for many different purposes, like I said. Yeah. All right, let's kick it into our last one because uh, we do want to get into who we think is going to win the whole thing. Um, but so we have the Southeast. And 
to me, this one's kind of like two of them are the same and the other two are just good <laughs> tools. I don't even know what a pattern is here. <laughs> Not all fruit. I don't know. I don't know. So we're just going to go with the miscellaneous region yep. here. We have Nearpod and Pear Deck being very similar uh, in their usage. And we have a new tool to the gamification arena, which is Bamboozle. And then Kami. Kami? Kami? I think it's Kami. I'm going Kami. But <laughs> Kyle, you're lucky because you get to go first. Oh, I get to go first in this one? Yeah, this is kind of miscellaneous. I mean, Nearpod and Pear Deck are obviously very similar, and they went against each other first round last year, so I tried to keep them separate this year. So to me, those are the two big dogs. Bamboozle is kind of new to the game, so if you're listening to this, they're probably the least known as 16, but they're new, they're upcoming. They're kind of like a Jeopardy on steroids kind of tool, so it's still, again, a gamification. It's definitely probably more elementary, I guess, but you can still use it for all grade levels. Um it's just a it's a fun tool. We we know the owners and it's just again a couple of cool guys. And I, again, I, I love when I don't know something new and exciting comes out. So bamboozle is great, but I think they have had absolutely no shot against Nearpod in the first round. Um, as the Nearpod came in second last year. So I would definitely say Nearpod will probably take them down, being as dynamic as they are. And then I think Pear Deck's gonna take down Cami. Um, again, I think the Pear Deck and Nearpod just have such huge followings and they do such amazing things and it helped out so many people during the remote time. So I think that we're going to see Pear Deck versus Nearpod once again competing for this uh, side of the bracket. And it's so hard. Um, I, man, I guess, I mean, I wrote down what I, I picked, but I keep second guessing myself. So I got to stick with that. I'm going to go with Nearpod. Again, I just think that Nearpod has a handful of extra features that I really like. And to be honest, here's, here's what annoys me about Pear Deck. The free version they have it so if kids are participating, you can't see like kids' names, um, which I get is they're trying to get you to pay the money, but like Nearpod, you, um, you can, I believe. So I really, I'm going to pick Nearpod to take this one down. Very interesting. Okay, yeah, this is a this is a unique category for sure. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to do with it either. I mean, it's definitely going to come down to Nearpod and Pear Deck. Maybe I do, I do like. Cami a lot, and I've been corrected both ways on how to pronounce it. Someone came up at a conference one time and yelled at me and said it's supposed to be Kami, and then someone I work with yelled at me and said it's supposed to be Cami. So who knows? I've been saying Cami recently. Um, I really like the tool. It saves me a lot in terms of I've got a quick PDF that I don't have time to make copies of, and I can just push it out to my kids and they can work on it. Um, I don't know if that's everybody's experience, so it's like you said, Kyle, Paradex probably going to get that one. Um, if I'm going to just going to talk a little bit more about Bamboozle. If you haven't tried it, it's pretty cool. It's not like the other gamification tools where you think of students are joining a game with a code, right? It's more uh, kind of like this old school style thing where the kids are just watching a screen and the game is being really only controlled by the teacher. Uh, and they're, you know, they're seeing what the questions are on the screen. So you have to team up your kids. I think the free version, you can do four teams. So you just kind of split up your kids into four teams. And they, there's a bunch of almost like squares on the board. And there's different games you can choose, of course. But they, they pick, you know, I want to answer number two. And the teacher clicks on number two. There's a question that pops up. Whoever's team or whichever team's turn it is answers the question 
they're right, they get points. If they're wrong, they don't. And it goes to the next team and just kind of circles around. So it's, you know, it has its its place as this sort of relic of the way in-class games used to be played amongst this sort of modern world. And I've tried it before. It's actually pretty fun. And, and the team aspect is what I like. And I think that's their purpose is to get kids face to face, get kids away from just looking at their computer screen and get them talking to each other again but in that fun game atmosphere. And they have all the same build-ins. Like, you know, sometimes if you click on square five, it's a a point-stealing square, and that team gets to pick which other team's points they want to steal. So it has a lot of the same fun stuff, but uh, definitely a different take on it. It's probably not going to win because it's an up-and-comer. So I'm going to do the same Nearpod Pear Deck battle as Kyle. And almost randomly, I'm just going to give it to Pear Deck at least from what I see, I don't know more of like a global trend on this, but I do see more people using Pear Deck in my immediate circle. So I'm going to say Pear Deck wins this one out for that reason. Guys. Well, once again, I would like to take the scissors and uh, um, I'm going to, I'm going to be straight with you guys on this one. <laughs> uh, Bamboozle I love. I think it, it is an up and comer, but I do love the fact that, I would use this tool for my intros and and exit tickets uh, in my classroom. It's just such a quick and easy way to get things up and running and moving quick. So I, I do have to say that Nearpod's going to win there. For Kami, I, the thing that I struggle with Kami is I use, I, I have uh, Canva for education and I'm, able to share a template with my kids through Canva for education. So they can really just go in there and annotate using Canva. So I put out a blog post and in a podcast episode about my EdTech toolkit and the importance in keeping that toolkit very, very small. So kids aren't taking so much time learning new technology uh, they're just getting really good at using the technology that they have in front of them in various different ways. With that being said, during the pandemic, I used I used Cami a lot because it was just in my toolkit. But I don't see it beating Pear Deck. I'm curious who won out of the two last year. So last year, Nearpod beat Pear Deck. All right, great. So Nearpod. <laughs> uh, I see that being, I, I don't know why, but I always thought Nearpod had the older crowds and Pear Deck had the middle school and younger crowds. But Nick, you said you saw it differently. I, pears aren't my favorite fruit. I'm going Nearpod. And that's <laughs> literally the reason why I'm picking that. So it's a lame reason, but it's going to happen. Let's go. That Your reason of favorite fruit was pretty close to my reason, too. I just thought of like as many teachers as I could in my immediate vicinity using these tools and, and Pear Deck did have a little bit heavier usership, but uh, definitely a tough call. I'm super interested to see how that one comes out. And I, I think that wraps it up unless anybody has any final comments about that last region. No, it's pretty amazing that I've been writing down the final four brackets for all of us. And the fact yeah. that you and Eric have not a single tool that is the same in your final four is what gets me so excited about this practice because there's so many people who have such strong opinions about what they use. And I can't wait to see how it actually plays out. Well, that also fits along with our <laughs> yin and yang. It doesn't type, surprise uh, me. I mean, we argue about everything. It's <laughs> all good. 
Kyle, uh, do you can you do a quick rundown of those uh, of the final the the lists we all came up with before we wrap it up? You got it. All right. So my final four, I chose Flipgrid, Bluekit, Screencastify, and Nearpod. Eric, you chose Moat, Quizzes, We Video, and Nearpod. And then Nick, you chose Canva, Bluekit, Screencast-O-Matic, and Pear Deck to be your final four. I think we should go ahead and play this out. I want to know yeah. who everybody thinks is going to win. So, uh, Nick, you want to go first? Yeah, let's let's do that. I think... Man, oh man, that is tough. That is tough. I'm going to go curveball here and say Canva makes it uh, is the final winner this year. That's that's what I think it's going to be. I just have seen so many people just in recent months that are using this tool and so many teachers that are using this tool and and not even like your typical tech-centric teachers. It's just really exploded into all all areas and for me, it's it's everywhere, and I think that's going to be reflected in, in this year's bracket. So I see Canva making big waves. I think it's going to be the overall winner. I think uh, Scott Nunes will be saluting you and, and giving you the thumbs up in a meme tomorrow. Yep. You're welcome, Scott. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Kyle. How's uh, it is, really going to happen? Oh, it's so hard. Uh, they're just such good tools. Um, but I would have to choose Nearpod. I just really think that Nearpod's going to bring it home. I think that they have a huge following and they offer so many wonderful features for in-person and hybrid, any kind of style. So I think Nearpod is um, going to be our champion of 2022. All right. So you guys have that. I'm going to have to really bring some realistic uh, view to this this conversation. Uh, see ya. I think Moat is going to come out strong. I think it's going to come out strong the whole way to the final four. But, you know, because Moat and Quizzes, the following is in two different time zones. And I know how Kyle is and how he, you know, randomizes these times when he's going to stop the quiz. Uh, it's predetermined, so there's no shenanigans. But I think Quizzes is probably going to sneak in because I think that's what happened in years past. I'm not 100% sure there. This is all just me making stuff up in my head, but I'm going quizzes, and I'm going to go with Pear Deck on the other side and the winner this year. Here, I'm sorry, Nearpod on the other side because I'm you know, partial to Nearpods <laughs> over Pears. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with our first repeat of a champion, quizzes yeah. none of you none of you saw that coming no I, I mean but they again they were defending champions from last year they had a huge following and so why not have them take it down again right Whew, i can't wait i think it's going to be fun and i can't wait for all the mean tweets i mean we might have to do a whole episode on mean tweets because they're coming i oh, can yeah. feel it i can oh, feel yeah. it desmos is very angry and i am ready for it well i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be right there with him but I'm inviting all Desmos, Desmosians to mean tweet Kyle Nemus. Yeah, okay. Um, but so voting starts for everyone listening. So if you're listening to this right now, this is going to be released. Uh, this podcast will be released on the 28th of March, correct? And so the bracket will have just been released on the 27th. Um, so again, you can see it at Kyle Nemus. You'll be able to see the full bracket. But the first round of voting will happen March 2nd which is a Wednesday at right around three o'clock is when the first round of voting will start and every round lasts for two days. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for, for that. 
right. Well, Kyle, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. We really appreciate it. It's always good to have you on the podcast. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Got Tech, the podcast. Do us a couple of favors. Go check out gottech.com. We post everything there. It's like our landing page. You can check out podcasts, blogs, YouTube videos, templates, all that good stuff. Or go over and listen to our podcast at any of the major podcast players. We will have this video air on YouTube Sunday or Monday. We haven't really talked it over. Maybe this is the premiere, but I'm thinking that maybe we'll do it on Monday. So if you are listening to the podcast and you want to go check out the video to see what we actually look like instead of what we actually sound like, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, You'll be able to find us there. Follow us on Twitter. Nick at Nick Got Tech, me at Guys Got Tech, the podcast that we got tech. And Kyle, I believe you're at Kyle Nemus, right? That's it, yep. All right, so make sure that you go over and follow Kyle. Uh, Tell your friends about Got Tech, the podcast. If you feel so inclined, write us an Apple Podcast review. It always helps. Just a reminder, we are a proud part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. So also check out all the amazing podcasts over there. Until next time, make sure you go out and you vote for the best EdTech tool for the 2022 EdTech Madness brought to you by myedtechbundle.com. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.